Do you wish you could make more fun vacation memories with your family every year? I'm Lynn Mettler, aka Go-To Travel Gal. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I help you learn to travel more by spending less and explain how easy it is for your entire family to fly free. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Families Fly Free podcast. Since I'm recording this at the beginning of 2021, I thought this would be a great time to talk about some of my family's favorite destinations and some destinations that would be good options for your family to visit this year. So I've picked five of my favorite destinations that I think would be good choices for this year. And I'm going to spend some time um, talking about each, what we've done there, what we like about it, and why I think it's a great choice. So let's dive in. Number one is Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And this is a recommendation that I give to many families because it's so conveniently located It's within driving distance of most of the eastern half of the United States. So if you're planning to do road trips this year, um, this could be a great choice. There are tons of things to do in Pigeon Forge for all preferences, all ages, outdoors, indoors, shopping, dining, um, and you'll never get bored there. My kids have been multiple times with school and with me, um, and they always have a good time there. So um, the first time we went to Pigeon Forge, we stayed at the Margaritaville Island Hotel. Um, That's a really fun property that I recommend. It's right centrally located in Pigeon Forge, so it's easy to access all of the different attractions there. And it's, um, you know, Jimmy Buffett's themed um, hotel. There's a restaurant there also. So it kind of has this Caribbean laid back vibe in the middle of the Smoky Mountains, which is an interesting combination, but it's a fun one and it works. Now, I'm also going to be teaching inside of my family's fly free program this month all about how to stay free in hotels. So if you're interested in learning um, not just how to fly free places, but how to use uh, loyalty points to book hotels free, um, whether they are at the big chains or not, um, and even how to stay at vacation rentals free, be sure to check out my family's fly free program. We're going to be, I'm going to be teaching that all throughout January, um, how to stay free in hotels. And you can find that at familiesflyfree.com join. Now, some of the best attractions in Pigeon Forge um, include the island, and that actually is where this Margaritaville Island Hotel is located. And that's really an entertainment complex that has um, shopping, it has attractions, it has restaurants, it's got the hotel. So one of the fun things to do there is the Great Smoky Mountain Wheel, which is like their big Ferris wheel that lets you, um, when you, of course, when you get up to the top, you can get an overview of the whole area, including the Smoky Mountains. Um, So that's a great family-friendly activity. Um, And they also have like um, arcades and they have an escape game and there's a mirror maze and lots of um, a ropes course, different things like that at the island um, as well. And you may want to check out just for fun, Old Smoky Moonshine is located there. Um, And that's kind of an interesting thing to do if you're 21 or older. You can um, go in and actually sample some of their different flavors and they have some really creative flavors like blueberry and apple and um, some other really fun 
um, flavors that you you may just want to take a sample or two, right? You don't want to take too many um, of the moonshine, but that's a fun, unique Tennessee thing to do. Um, and let's see, there's also Dollywood there, and that is actually the most ticketed attraction in Tennessee. Um, I haven't actually been there, but my kids have, um, and they thought it was great fun. So they have more than 40 rides there. It's over 150 acres. There's also a water park. Um, I hear Dollywood does it really, really well. So as I'm recording this still during the COVID-19 pandemic, um, they are open and functioning, but you may just want to check in, um, to the website and make sure you understand what's changed and different in terms of um, admittance and social distancing, etc. Now there's tons of shopping in Pigeon Forge. I am not a big shopper, but one thing I do like is Christmas shopping. I love Christmas stuff. Um, and so they have a great store there called the Incredible Christmas Place. So that, it, it's huge. It feels like you know, football field size of all kind of Christmas stuff. Highly recommend that if you're a fan of Christmas. Um, and there's actually a Christmas um, Inn there as well, which is all themed around um, Christmas stuff. The, every room is decorated with Christmas decor and it has a Christmas de de tree in each room um, all year round. You know, Santa comes and visits. They tell stories by the fire. It's really, really fun. Again, a very unique thing that you can do in Pigeon Forge. Um, probably the biggest attraction in this area is Smoky Mountain National Park. So that is actually a free national park to get into. Um, so you don't have to pay any admission when you drive your car in. And so that's a great um, way to get outdoors, explore the Smoky Mountains, get on some hiking trails. Um, of course, it's beautiful in the fall when the leaves are changing, but it's also very popular to go in the fall. Um, so be aware it may be more crowded, may be more difficult to find um, hotel room then. Um, but we actually were there for the first time in February and it was quite a mild day. And so we were able to still do a hike, um, in Smoky Mountain National Park. If you like outdoors stuff, uh, Foxfire Mountain is nearby in Sevierville, which that's actually where Dolly Parton is from. And they, um, it's like an outdoor attraction. They have all kinds of zip lines, including the highest zip line in the Smoky Mountains, and they have the longest swinging bridge in the U.S. So we had a ball zip lining there um, and uh, seeing kind of the, it gives you an, an idea of the beauty of the area. You're zip lining over, you know, um, not actually through the big Smoky Mountains, but over beautiful scenery um, nonetheless. There's lots of entertainment in the area, so a lot of live shows. So we went, so this would be a great thing to do in the evenings. You do something outdoorsy and fun in the daytime, um, and at night maybe you pick a different live show. So we attended Dolly Parton's Stampede, which kind of reminded me of medieval times. We've done that before. It's the same concept, kind of where you're sitting in this arena, you're watching this show with all kinds of animals and horses, and they're doing all kinds of tricks. Um, and uh, you're having a meal, and you actually, you know, kind of like medieval times, you're supposed to not have silverware to eat it with, so you would just eat it with your hands. It's all things that you can eat with your hands, like rolls and, you know, um, things like that, chicken. And then a little tip about the Dolly Parton Stampede is you can actually visit the horses from the show in their stable before you go into the show. So that's a great thing to do with younger kids. They can go um, over and see the horses and, you know, talk to them and it's really cute. 
and the horses actually they do a big production in the morning so you might want to check the time of this it was 8 a.m when we were there but um, they actually roll out the red carpet and they bring the horses in um, to their stables to or quote unquote their dressing rooms to get ready for the show so that's kind of another fun insider tip that i think kids would enjoy younger kids would enjoy um, there are also lots of different kind of interactive museums and attractions there that really, again, is a fit for all ages. Again, check their COVID protocols right now, make sure that they're open. But some things that we enjoyed were um, the Titanic Museum. If you're interested in all things Titanic, um, even if you're not, it's really pretty cool. You can see a lot of interesting artifacts um, and they actually give you a ticket when you go into the museum with the name of someone who's on the Titanic and then you find out at the end whether that person survived or didn't. So that's pretty impactful. There is the Wonderworks Interactive Science Museum. That's a really fun thing to take younger kids to do that will entertain them for hours. Um, it's that famous kind of upside down looking house from the outside. And one a surprise to us was a museum called Alcatraz East Crime Museum. That's also at the island. And it has all of these interesting um, crime artifacts. So like they have the white Ford Bronco that OJ drove in the famous car chase and they have clown costumes from John Wayne Gacy and again it's very interactive so um, kids can do like the workout that police have to do in order to you know um, become a police officer um, they get to sit in the witness chair in a courtroom and get their you know photo taken in a lineup um, so lots of really fun things to do there for kids and there's so many more things like that that we could list them for a while but nevertheless um, great family destination whether you want to be outdoors indoors stay busy relax shop eat um, lots of great things to do there. If you want to know more about Pigeon Forge, I did a webinar um, with the Director of Tourism at Pigeon Forge in fall of 2020, and I will link that in the show notes um, if you want to check that out. He gives a lot of great, um, more insider, local-oriented tips about what to do in Pigeon Forge and when to come, um, which is super helpful. And I'll also share a blog post that I wrote um, with more details about some of these things that I'm talking about and some recommended restaurants as well. So check that out in the show notes. So that's number one. Now, number two, we're going to head to another mountain destination in Colorado. Colorado is one of my family's favorite places to visit. We go almost every year. Um, and so we're going to talk today about Colorado Springs because, again, I think that is a really family-friendly um, city to visit with lots of things to do no matter what you like to do. So it's, again, a great outdoors destination. Southwest actually just added Colorado Springs as a destination in 2020, though it's really only an hour and a half south of Denver. So um, you can also fly to Denver if you find a, a cheaper flight into Denver. Um, so it has 300 days of sunshine every year and generally mild temperatures. It does get some snow in the winter, but not like the snow that you would get deeper into the Rocky Mountains. It's really kind of at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. Um, and it's actually where the Olympic athletes train because it's at a higher elevation. Um, and so uh, one of the things that they will often do there, which you can check out yourself, particularly if you are... Um, 
you know, enjoy a challenge is the Manitou Incline. And that was actually like an old um, way for cable cars to take uh, gear or things up the mountain. Um, and you can now do it today as kind of an endurance challenge. So you actually climb a mile up 2,000 vertical feet. And they say that you very often will have Olympic athletes, whether you know it or not, on either side of you doing this challenge as well. So check that out. Now, this is the home to Pikes Peak, um, which is certainly a bucket list thing to see. It is beautiful. Um, you, When we went, you could take this um, 1800s cog railway up to the top of Pikes Peak, which was really, really a cool thing to do. At the moment, um, in January 2021, it's closed. They're redoing it. It's supposed to open later in 2021. So check that out. In the meantime, if you were to go, you can um, drive up to a certain point on the mountain, and then they have shuttles that you can take up to the very top. And there is some construction going on up there right now. They're redoing the kind of the visitor center on the top of the mountain. But it's a beautiful thing to see. You can see multiple states when you're standing on the top of Pikes Peak. And be sure to get a donut when you're at the top. They have these really delicious donuts that they make at the top of Pikes Peak. Um, Garden of the Gods is another um, awesome thing to do outdoors. And these are these giant red monolithic rocks that just jut seemingly out of the flat ground. Um, and they're absolutely stunning against the the blue skies of Colorado. I always feel like Colorado has some of the bluest skies you'll ever see. Um, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because you're at a higher elevation or what, but they're beautiful. And these red rocks really are stunning set up against this blue sky. So it's these series of rocks that are in different kind of formations and they have names. They've named them, which is fun for kids to see if they can find, you know, figure out what these things look like. And like one's called the kissing camels and one's called the sleeping giant. So you can have them try to figure out which ones are which. And you can hike, you know, shorter hikes, longer hikes in and through these different rocks. And the best part of it all is it's free to get into. It's actually a national natural landmark. Um, so you can just drive in and park and walk around, hike around wherever you want. And you'll see lots of rock climbers too um, going up and down these rocks, which is really cool. Now I mentioned um, that a lot of Olympic athletes train there. Um, they have just opened in 2020 the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Museum. So if you're interested in learning more about the Olympics and famous Olympic athletes, that's a fun thing to go and do. The U.S. Air Force Academy is there as well, which uh, is um, educates the uh, future Air Force officers, and it's sort of famous for their um, interfaith chapel that they have there. It, the construction, the architecture of this building is really interesting. It's kind of an iconic spired glass, aluminum, and steel building, and I don't think you can go in it right now. I think they may be working on it, but you can see it from the outside. Um, so check that out. We also enjoyed the Cave of the Winds, which is a 500 million year old cave, which is at a high elevation as well. And you can go in and um, do like a discovery tour of the cave. I'm not a big fan of caves because I'm a bit claustrophobic, but I was able to do this one. It didn't feel too closed in to me. And it just kind of gives takes you into the um, just the initial parts of the cave just to give you a sense and see some stalagmites and stalactites and all of that fun cave stuff. And outside of the cave, there's a big gorge. 
And so they have like a catapult you can ride, they have a ropes course, and they have some other fun attractions out there. Um, there is, uh, you can also bungee jump there as well. Uh, Broadmoor Seven Falls is another popular attraction in the area, and that is um, owned by the Broadmoor Resort, which is a big resort there. We have never stayed there, but that's kind of the iconic, um, fancier resort. Um, if you want to splurge a little bit, you can stay there. But Broadmoor Seven Falls is just a series of seven cascading waterfalls in a box canyon, and you can climb up alongside of them. There's zip lines up there. There's a restaurant. Um, and uh, some other things to do there. And then lastly, I just wanted to mention, um, we there's like over 50 attractions in Colorado Springs for families, um, but this little one we enjoyed was called the Ghost Town Museum, and it was actually like an indoors museum where they had set up like old artifacts from a real ghost town um, so you could kind of go in and then they had recreated it to have like a saloon and a post office and homes and um, so you could kind of get the feel of what it would have been like to walk in these things in the old west so um, my kids really enjoyed that um, there, it was again very interactive um, and a fun thing to do so i would recommend that and then in terms of where to stay, I mentioned the Broadmoor, and then we stayed at the Cheyenne Mountain Resort, um, which is a great outdoors resort, It's as it's named, at Cheyenne Mountain. Um, but there's a ton of outdoorsy things to do there. They have a 35-acre lake where you can do kayaking and all kind of water sports. There's a golf course, an 18-hole golf course there. Um, they have multiple pools, including an Olympic-sized pool. Um, there's a fitness center. There's a spa. Just lots of things to do there when you want to come back and hang out at the resort for a while. Now, inside of my family's Fly Free membership program, we have itineraries for lots of our family's favorite destinations. So we do have a full itinerary for Colorado Springs that you can download um, and you can tweak it to accommodate what your family wants to do. But it recommends hotels and where to eat and what to do on what day. Um, so if you're interested, check that out at familiesflyfree.com join. All right, number three I'm going to talk about is Utah's National Parks. Now, I'm not going to go into this one in depth um, because I did a whole episode, episode six, all about why Utah's a great destination for families. But I do think it's a great one for 2021 because you can um, get outdoors, you can socially distance yourselves, you can see some incredible landscapes that are most likely very different from where you live, again, very different from where we live in the Midwest to see these incredible mesas and canyons and box canyons and these red rocks, very um, impressive, um, very unique. Um, it's easy to get to on Southwest, which um, as I've talked about in a past episode is the best airline, I think for families who wanna fly free, they make it the easiest for you to do that. You can fly into Las Vegas or you can fly into Salt Lake City and then you can drive from there and you can check out, there are five different national parks in Utah. Um, so there's lots to see and do there. And if you're in the Southern part, which is where most of their national parks are, it's also pretty easy to get to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon or over to Death Valley um, as well. Uh, and there's lots of great state parks all throughout Utah. You can enjoy all kinds of outdoors hiking, um, mountain biking, lots and lots of outdoor activities. We did, um, uh, went to sand dunes, the Coral Pink um, Sand Dunes, which is a state park, and you can sand surf. What a unique thing to do. 
and you can do it right in the middle of Utah. Um, and most of the towns there are very small. So again, you're not putting yourself in a big city where there's a lot of people. There's plenty of room to spread out and, and see the beauty that is Utah. All right, my next one is San Diego. And, and this is probably hands down our family's favorite overall destination in the U.S. Um, because it offers such a variety of activities and so much for families. Um, of course, it's known for its fantastic weather. Um, it has an average, you know, 70 degree-ish temperature year round. It does, we have been there pretty much all times of year now. It does get cooler in the winter, um, but, and it gets maybe into the 80s in the summer, but it's generally mild year round. A great time to go is October. That was the first time we ever went, and that was actually the first time we ever flew free as a family. So that was an extra special trip because our minds were blown that we had actually gone somewhere that we could never have gone if we hadn't been able to fly there free. But we went in October, um, and that throughout October, San Diego has uh, kids free October. And so many attractions um, offer, let kids in free, and many of the hotels and restaurants offer a discount for kids. So that's a really great time to go. The weather is perfect. And if you have a fall break, um, it's, it's a great place to go where not everyone in the world is going, like Disney World or Florida. So um, the first place I want to talk about is Coronado Island, which is just off of um, San Diego, and it is um, frequently named one of the best beaches in the United States. It's really, really beautiful. There are multiple military bases there, so you actually will, um, we actually saw uh, Navy SEALs swimming in the water. We thought they were we thought they were real seals or real dolphins at first um, from a distance. And when we got up close, we realized actually it was the Navy SEALs training in the water. So that's kind of a unique, cool thing to see, particularly if you have kids that are interested in the military. Military helicopters fly over you. But it's a stunningly beautiful beach. The Hotel Del Coronado is there, which is a really um, historic, iconic property. It is expensive to stay there, but you can book it using Hilton points. And again, check out um, all throughout January. I'm going to be teaching how to book hotels using points, and we're going to do a whole um, session just on Hilton. Um, so you can learn more about how to book properties, like really cool properties like this, using points so you don't have to pay anything. Um, and that's in Families Fly Free at familiesflyfree.com slash join. So we've stayed at Hotel Del Coronado. It's really cool. It has like an old elevator with an attendant. There's ghost stories about it. Um, really an iconic property um, just to, to stay at least a night or two. Really cool. Um, and you can bike around Coronado Island. The, it's very charming. The, the houses there are really cute. Um, and you can see San Diego Bay and look back at the downtown skyline. Um, if you bike around the island, and of course, it's just great for swimming and um, all kinds of things. Now, close to Coronado Island in San Diego Bay, as you're headed back downtown, is the USS Midway Museum, which is a um, 20th century aircraft carrier, and it is the most popular family attraction in San Diego. Now, we actually haven't done this one because we've been on other aircraft carriers um, in South Carolina. Um, and our kids have sort of outgrown that. But it's a very popular thing to do. There's lots of activities. You can go explore and see um, where the people who were on the aircraft carrier would have slept and where all the different parts are. It is amazing. These things are like miniature cities on water. 
Um, all right, so headed back into downtown from Coronado Island, San Diego has a very vibrant downtown. There is the Gas Lamp Quarter, which is kind of the hip um, place where there's comedy clubs and bars and live music. Um, there's Petco Park, which is where the San Diego Padres pay, play. Um, there's kind of outdoor shopping centers, lots to see and do in the Gas Lamp Quarter. Um, and you can, there's various hotels there where you can stay. And then just north of that a little bit is Little Italy, which is one of our favorite places to go and eat when we're in San Diego. It it's, too is very charming with lights across the street. Um, and there's lots of great um, real Italian restaurants where you can enjoy a real Italian meal. So we highly recommend that. That's always one of the first places we had when we get to San Diego is have a meal in Little Italy because we love Italy and we love Italian food. Now, one of my favorite places in San Diego is La Jolla, and this is a very upscale area. Um, it's one of the most expensive zip codes in the U.S., um, but it is really uniquely beautiful. There's all of these seaside cliffs with the ocean water crashing up against the cliffs, and um, there are a few beaches dotted throughout, but this isn't a great place to hang out at the beach. Um, but there's all kinds of sea lions and seals all throughout this area on these cliffs and on these rocks, and you can get within 10 feet of these sea lions and they're quite entertaining. If you have kids, they're going to be amazed that they can get these close to these sea lions and listen, they, you know, hoot and holler and they roll over each other and carry on. It's quite funny. Um, so that's a, a great free thing you can do for kids. Just walk around La Jolla. Um, and there's a park there where you'll find the sea lions. This is actually where, um, Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss lived. And so in the park there in La Jolla Cove, you can head to that area, La Jolla Cove, there is um, the Lorax tree, which um, is said to have inspired the trees that you see in the Lorax book and movie. Um, because Dr. Seuss lived up on the hill and he would look down and also a lot of his characters um, look like sea lions, which again is likely inspired by living in this area. So another fun um, thing for kids, see if they can spot the Lorax tree. Um, in this area, there's also a lot of sea caves. So we went kayaking with Everyday California, and you can actually kayak into these sea caves if the conditions are right. So La Jolla Cove is, you know, just an area of the ocean, and you can um, kayak in the cove in and out of these sea caves. You can actually scuba dive and snorkel in there as well, and they're supposed to be like some of the most diverse marine life in the world right there in this cove. And there's apparently a crater underneath the water. Um, and in, let's see, July through October, they have these little leopard sharks, which are totally harmless and they're small, but you can snorkel amongst those. They're dotted like leopards. So a lot of, a lot of things to do in La Jolla. We, every time we go to San Diego, we just drive up to La Jolla, we park, and we just walk around. There's also a lot of little charming boutiques and restaurants if you're uh, more of a shopper. And one of the most fun things I ever did was take an electric bike tour of this area with San Diego fly rides. And I'll link to them in the show notes. But um, these electric bikes are, they're regular bikes, but they basically give you your pedaling more power. So it makes it easier for you to go longer distances and going up hills is not a big deal. And so he took us all through um, this La Jolla area and, and we actually saw like the shack where the beach boys used to play in this area. They were surfers. There's a lot of surfing in this area because of these big waves and um, Wind and Sea Beach is actually, if you want to see this um, Beach Boys shack where they used to play, um, you can do that. So we saw all that on the tour and then we went up to Mount Soledad National Memorial, which is quite a climb 
on a bike, but not a, not a problem with the electric bikes. You can also drive up there. Highly would recommend doing that because it is um, one of the highest points in the city. And so you can see all the way to Mexico to the south, and you can see all the way to snowy mountains in the north. And um, it's famous for its 27-foot cross that's erected on this on this um, mount. And it's actually a memorial to veterans living or dead of, of all wars, all American veterans. So um, really, really cool thing to do. Another a national monument that I recommend checking out, which is also beautiful and gives you a great um, view of the coast along San Diego is Cabrillo National Monument. And that is on Point Loma, which is just kind of north um, west of downtown. And so this is a monument dedicated to the first European to visit the West Coast in 1542. But, um, and it, there's a monument there, which you can check out, but the views and the scenery here is spectacular. Um, you can hike along the cliffside and you can go down into these tide pools where you can find all kinds of sea life, um, like octopus and different sea life starfish that have gotten trapped in here. And this is, again, really, really fun for little kids to go and explore and see these things. Um, and you can also, in January and February, um, because this is a, such a great viewpoint out into the ocean, you can see whales, migrating whales. Um, so you can keep an eye out for that. And along the way to Cabrillo National Monument is a military cemetery called Fort Rosecrans, and that is stunning as well. It's all of these, you know, small white military gravestones set against the beautiful blue ocean. Um, what a lovely final resting place. I, I can't imagine anything more beautiful. So you might want to take a minute to, to explore that, drive through that a little bit more. Now, there's also tons of theme parks in San Diego. Again, great for uh, kids. Uh, Legoland is um, on the north side of San Diego in Carlsbad. Um, I would recommend that for younger kids, not so much for older kids. The rides are less thrilling, um, but more fun. Um, but if you like Legos, it is really fun to go and see. They have like a mini cities of the world, and so you can check that out. They have all kind of Star Wars Lego creations that you can see. Um, and then they do have some fun rides based on the different Lego movies and characters that you may be familiar with. And their hotel is super fun too. So if you love Legos, you've got to stay at the hotel tell it's it's very well themed really really fun for kids SeaWorld san diego is in the mission bay area um, and we've been there that was really fun also they actually do have some thrill rides there and they do a great job of promoting um, their work in conservation along the west coast um, and helping educate you um, about marine life and so you can understand the importance of helping conserve these areas and, and helping these animals. Um, and then lastly is the um, San Diego Zoo. We have actually never been to the zoo, but that's one of the most popular attractions for families as well. And that is located in Balboa Park. They have more than 4,000 animals and it's supposed to be one of the top zoos in the world. 
Now, Balboa Park is a, an attraction into it, unto itself. It is the largest urban park in the U.S. It's right downtown, and it has lots of different attractions like the zoo, as well as their Museum of Art and the San Diego Air and Space Museum. There's all kinds of beautiful gardens and meditation ponds and lots of things to walk through and see. And there's shuttles that will take you all throughout the park because it would be quite too much to walk through. Um, but it is a great attraction. You know, they have great things, at the holidays that you can see and do, um, but great attraction right in the center of downtown San Diego. If you like to hike, we recommend Torrey Pines State Reserve. Um, again, that is a state property, um, and it is also set along the cliffs. It's north of La Jolla, and you can um, do various hikes in there. And again, you can walk down kind of to the base and um, where the ocean meets the cliffs. And um, the Torrey Pine, which it's named, there's also a famous golf course there, Torrey Pines. Um, but the Torrey Pine is actually a, is a tree that only grows in San Diego. And uh, so that's why it is named. All right, um, so that is a good overview of San Diego. I did want to mention there are lots of beaches there. In addition to Coronado Island, there's Pacific Beach, um, Mission Beach, and there's a variety of, of other ones as well. Um, Mission Beach does have Belmont Park, which is kind of a fun boardwalk amusement park. And then Pacific Beach is more kind of a laid back vibe, kind of a Venice Beach style um, area, but is family friendly. So if you like to, to hang out at the beach in the water, you can do that in San Diego as well. And um, I have a full blog post that I will link to all about um, 35 of our favorite things to do in San Diego. And then also inside of Families Fly Free, I do have um, a full, um, almost hour-long audio tour of San Diego that goes into a little bit more depth than I was able to today. Now let's tackle the last one which is Grand Cayman. Now this one is a little bit iffy for 2021 because currently you can't, they are not open to travel. My hope is that they will open to travel as the year progresses because I think this is a great affordable destination for families. It is easy to get to on Southwest. Um, you can fly right over from Fort Lauderdale. Um, just get to Fort Lauderdale from wherever you are. We were able to go very, very cheaply a couple years ago using points somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 4,000 points round trip per person from Fort Lauderdale. Um, what I like about Grand Cayman is it feels very much like the U.S. You do need a passport to get in there, but you really don't feel like you've gone into a foreign country. Um, so it has lots of, you know, uh, familiar American stores and restaurants, um, if, especially if this is like your first venture out of the country, that can make you feel more comfortable. Um, but it's a great destination if you love the beach and you love the ocean, you like to snorkel, you like to scuba dive, because pretty much anywhere on Grand Cayman, you can hop in the water and snorkel, which we loved. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about scuba diving. I have done it before when I was younger, but um, so I prefer to snorkel. And I really enjoy that um, because you can see so many cool things underneath the water. So we, the main stretch on Grand Cayman is called Seven Mile Beach, and that's where most of the hotels are located. And we stayed at the Kempton Seafire there. Really, really beautiful, outstanding property. Um, and that is owned by Intercontinental Hotels Group, so you can use their rewards points to book any Kempton property. Um, and so off of Seven Mile Beach, you can snorkel, but by our hotel, there wasn't a whole lot to see. 
So we got in, we rented a car. They do drive on the other side of the road, so you have to be prepared for that. But we drove to just different spots on the island and hopped in and snorkeled and saw some really cool things. So um, a great place to do that is Starfish Point. Um, and there's tons of starfish out on this point. Now you're allowed to pick them up, but you're not supposed to turn them over. You're not, and you're supposed to put them back very gently um, so you don't harm them. But they're huge, really, really cool. Um, there is also Lighthouse Point you can drive to where there is actually a statue under the water that you can snorkel down to, which is cool. Um, and the and most Seven Mile Beach is on the west side of Grand Cayman, but the east side is much quieter. It is a bit of a drive over there, but the snorkeling over there was phenomenal. Um, we stayed at Moritz Point Resort over there for a couple days, and you just got in literally right at the resort, and you could have snorkeled for hours and hours and hours. So much to see under the water, so much colorful sea life, um, coral, you know, all kinds of fish. Um, we, you know, squid came up to us. I mean, it was really, really fun. Um, and so the last place I want to mention is Rum Point, and that uh, is a bit of a drive too to get there. So you may want to take a tour over there. We combined um, our tour of Stingray City, which I'll tell you about next, with Rum Point. It went to both places, but Rum Point is stunningly beautiful. Um, it's known as a place like where the, the barrels of rum would fall off the boats, particularly at this point. Um, but there's lots to see and do there. You can snorkel right off of the point. They have um, stand-up paddle boarding, um, different, you know, kayaking, other water sports activities. And then there's a lot of restaurants and bars there where you want to be sure and have their classic drink called the mudslide. So definitely head over to Red Point. Rum Point is definitely worth it. It's really, really beautiful. Um, now, Stingray City, which we booked a boat cruise, and you pretty much need to book a tour or a cruise in order to do Stingray City, but that's probably the top thing to do in Grand Cayman. Really cool. So this is, I literally thought this was like a theme park when, you, when I heard Stingray City, <clears throat> but it's not. It is actually just an, a um, shallow area of the ocean. It's a sandbar where these stingrays gather um, because the fishermen or folks on boats would feed them at certain times of the day. So they learn to come there in order to get food. And so they still come there at these specific times of day and you just can swim among them. And the locals who lead these trips out to Stingray City are used to handling the stingrays and so they can get them to come like swim right up on their hands and you can get a picture next to them um, just by using some food to feed them so it's really a definitely another bucket list experience i would recommend we did it through a tour with red sail sports um, and they did a great job it was really really fun so a couple other things i wanted to mention when it comes to grand cayman are um, a couple of interesting animals that you find throughout the island. So again, our boys had big fun with two different things we kept seeing everywhere. One is chickens, which we literally saw when right when we got off the plane, getting out of the airport and driving into Grand Cayman, there was a chicken in the parking lot. And we continued to see chickens, like just wild chickens all throughout the island. And so we would ask locals, like, what is the deal with the chickens? And they would tell us that during multiple hurricanes, like chicken coops had been released and that contributed to this wild population of chickens, which is kind of funny. 
but um, slightly annoying too when you hear like roosters crowing at the crack of dawn every morning and really all throughout the day you will hear them. So that's kind of funny. And then the other one we thought was interesting were these giant iguanas that you see all over the island. So um, they're literally like roadkill, like you would see in America on the side of the road there just because they're everywhere. But you can see them like climbing up trees and just walking through the grasses. Um, so they're really fun for kids to get up close to and see these giant lizard creatures in person. Um, and then one last thing that's free to do also is this area on the island called Hell. And it gets its name for these black limestone formations that are 24 million years old that are on the island. And I guess someone decided this must be what hell looks like. I don't know. But you can go out there and see these interesting formations. And then you, they have some fun things you can do, like taking your picture as an angel or a devil um, and just some other kind of entertaining activities. Again, it's a free free thing to do and it's an easy drive from Seven Mile Beach. So I hope that Grand Cayman will open again this year to travelers. Again, it is really an affordable, fun destination for families who like to be at the beach, who like to snorkel. They do have great scuba diving there as well. My um, husband and younger son scuba dived while we were there and they said it was fantastic. They saw lots of sea turtles, all kinds of big fish, and there's like a giant shelf um, I guess off of the coast of the island as well that you swim over when you're underwater and they did this on the east side of the island with a company called Ocean Frontiers Dive Shop so they did a great job as well and they went through like the um, training the first day and then they did the full dive the second day and they said it was fantastic so if you love water if you love the beach you love outdoor activities this is a great choice and with that I'm going to wrap up this week's podcast so again if you want to get more help um, traveling to these destinations if you want to learn how to fly free to these destinations get some itineraries and some more in-depth webinars about them please check out families fly free at familiesflyfree.com join um, and if you like this podcast it would be awesome if you would subscribe and just leave a star rating that helps me a whole lot just get more visibility and get the word out about the podcast i really appreciate it so i hope everyone has a great week and i hope that this gets you inspired for where your family can travel in 2021 ready to fly your family free Come join me inside my Family's Fly Free program where you get my simple step-by-step -step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.